You can't possibly be serious, Ted Lasso. You coaching a football team is like if the Queen was an Indian. Well, uh, you know, I'm I'm not much for fairy tales, but around the time my son was three, we started watching Frozen, and uh, Elsa said, "Let's build a snowman." And uh, you know, a lot of the guys in the Me Too movement turned out to be uh, from Jewish descent, but I didn't necessarily think that made a pattern. So let's Me Three this team. Oh, you're right, Ted Lasso. I'm sorry. I'm actually mean because I was molested, and I'm going to tell you about it, despite <laughs> us meeting for the first time. Well, uh, now is as good as time of any to address your trauma that you're immediately telling me. By the way, my marriage is over. <laughs> this is the first time we've both met each other. You don't have to write a character when they just reveal all of their formative traumas and change them instantly after one second. You know, you know I'll tell you what. If spreading positivity and optimism were a deadly disease with no cure, then just call me French-Canadian flight attendant Gaetan Dugas, because I'm patient zero. Me, Ted Lasso. <laughs> Guys, I just spent... Probably the last like six of my waking hours, um, watching a good chunk of this show, and I feel like I was left in like Jolly West's waiting room, except instead of radiation, I've just like my cells have been bombarded with positivity at like a molecular level. It, it's it's I, I feel it's coursing in my veins. I don't have much longer. This will be my last episode before I succumb to 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 the good feelings cancer. I watched uh, two. I watched like I think one and three quarters of a season. I just (laughs) I went through a Dark Souls three playthrough for as long as I could go while watching Ted Lasso from the first episode, (laughs) and it really it's TV has fallen. What else can I say? (laughs) This is just like it is a repudiation of TV as an art form. TV is a way of life. It's like anti TV. It, It it just the the characters are nothing. There's just nothing. It just there. There's no point to any of it. There, there, there are no characters. There's just moments. <laughs> there are just revelations of trauma, and no one's actually a bad person because um, all they needed was for this hayseed to wander into their lives and be nice to them, and then suddenly, all just like 30, 40, 50, 60 years of bad behavior wiped out instantly. They're like, oh, I haven't thought of it that way. I'm nice now. This is, I mean, like, I feel like we've talked a lot about on on this show about about like entertainment that's made nowadays that's like designed to make you a better person, and uh, the whole time I thought I was half joking about that until I watched Ted Lasso because like every every plot beat, every joke is just like a life lesson to make you the viewer a happier, more empathetic person, and I think it's pure evil. I think there is something deeply sinister about this show. Um, our friend Alex from Detroit messaged me when uh, I said we might be doing a Ted Lasso episode and his thoughts on the show are exactly like mine. This is about like mid 21st century, like like rebranded American imperialism. Where yes. we are we going to conquer the world with niceness. Because okay, I just saw today, like uh, uh, Jason Sudeikis said that originally the Ted Lasso character was, quote, more belligerent until the election of Donald Trump. And he was like, I just don't want to like uh, contribute to that anymore. So the whole show 
is haunted by the specter of like America as it actually exists. And this idea, okay, what I do you know that you know in the um the title sequence to Ted Lasso, like in the credit sequence where it's like, Yeah, I might be all that you get. It's yeah. Ted Lasso. Yeah, the two types of songs in the show, it's either like uh sort of like I would say like if if Ben Folds was injected with with twice as many chromosomes, like a rock song like that, or the worst post rock song you've ever heard, just the, the, the shittiest fucking post rock song you've ever heard in your life. That it's will by play one of the positivity montages. Oh, that explains it. Yeah, it's by one of the Mumfords. Okay. Um, okay, so like he's so he it's like if you haven't seen the show, and by the way, this is a Chapo from Monday, May fifteenth. We're talking the Apple TV series Ted Lasso and what it means for my soul and the world uh okay so like in, in, the, in the credit sequence he's like he sits down at the dog track at the old football pitch and he's like sitting in the the seats in the stands and as he sits down the blue graffitied seats turn to red and it all sort of like it, it, it like cleans up the stadium like you know like the seats have like you know you know sharon's slag written on it and like the ted lasso niceness just sort of red washes it this show is about American imperialism because like a better opening sequence would be a stand full of like pinched face, cruel, sadistic Britons. And then Ted Lasso sits down and they're all just like changed into like soy American marshmallow men. <laughs> yeah. But they're, they're shaved heads. The just the hair just pops back like a fast growing <laughs> chia pet. The redness in their face just sort of melts away. They have a healthy pallor again. They're eating vegetables. Their you know, mouths but... just open into soy faces. <laughs> Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is like Genghis Khan through the Ned Flanders filter. <laughs> no, he just like feel... he just he just he everywhere he goes, he will decapitate your leaders. He will reroute a river so it runs over your birthplace, and he will just wash over you with his nauseous positivity. I feel like, like I had the exact like from the from the basically the first scene with Ted Lasso, I was like, oh, he's Ned Flanders. But like, it's even worse than that because he's not religious at all, or at least yeah. not, which is like a true, true psychopath. Like to be like Ned Flanders without any kind of spiritual element to it is terrifying. And watching the first season of the show, I was struck by the idea that like there's the germ of an idea for what could be a very funny show that's basically the same concept, except Ted Lasso is a psychopath. Like, and that he doesn't actually make anyone's life better. Like, it's just, he, he fails it. It's just like, if he's like, yeah, if he's using, if he's using all of that positivity to uh, ingratiate himself into people's lives, manipulate them, torment them psychically and then break them. Now we got a show. Or one in which is like uh, diluted American optimism just crashes into like the cliffs of Dover and melts away at the just generally rotten, <laughs> rotten personalities of the British. But yeah, no, like they're too, they're so miserable that they defeat his positivity and in fact turn him into a mis- He shaves his head. <laughs> he, he gets super red faced or just oh. shoving chips in his fucking gob. <laughs> oh my god let's or yeah we could or add a little like historical synthesis to it he's an american stripped of spirituality but going back to england similar to a mongol returning to the steppe he remembers he remembers and he recreates calvinism basically <laughs> oh man so yeah we've all watched uh i made it through about like a season and a half or so of ted lasso and uh felix i didn't know how much you watched so when you brought up 
uh, Elsa and Frozen. I was wondering if you had seen the scene where Ted Lasso has a panic attack to his boss yeah. and let it go from Frozen. Yeah, I saw the realistic panic attack scene, which um, one of the better scenes of the show because there's no dialogue. There, there isn't anyone talking to Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso isn't, you know, despite being a 43-year-old football coach from Nebraska, isn't saying things that, like, you know, um, I, I like a, just someone who's worked in New York media for 87 years would say. <laughs> but I know, that's the worst part of the Ted Lasso character. So he's this fucking shit kicker from Nebraska, and he's like, well, you know, I used to like listening to Brand New, but after Jesse Lacey did those things, uh, there's a kick-ass <laughs> girls, riot girl punk act from Bushwick who I think are cool in a non-fetishistic way. What the fuck uh, is this character? Call me 1976, because that's because the bicentennial, but because the lead singer has been on a problematic podcast, just like me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's uh, just like, pointless. It's it, the, the whole show is, I mean, like, how, how shall I describe the, the basic set? I mean, here's the thing, like, watching this for the first time after only absorbing it and its mind-numbing positivity, like, secondhand through Twitter, I always thought Ted Lasso was a soccer coach, but no, he's an American football coach that's hired by uh, the, the, the top bird of uh, FC Richmond uh, to do the classic uh, ripoff of the much better film, Major League, but a much better sport, baseball. But no, she's like the, the bitch owner of the team that wants the team to fail. So she hires this, what she thinks is an absolute goofus from the Midwest who is like mainly famous for like a viral moment in the locker room where he's doing the Carlton dance and brings him over to the UK to uh, coach or manage, I should say, her, her, her footy club that she just um, got in the divorce from her like rotten ex-husband. So she wants to ruin the team that's like her ex-husband's like true joy in life. Yeah, and it, it, it's, it's, it's much more contrived than Major League. Because Major League, it's like, okay, there, that, that makes a little sense. There would be like a tax thing or something. But this is just like, oh, my husband who doesn't give a shit about me and like divorce me to marry an 11-year-old. Um, I'm going to ruin his day by making his football team shitty. Oh, yeah, like, like, he wants- doesn't give a shit. He clearly, he just, every scene we see him in, he's like, oh, I purchased a new slave. He doesn't care. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so it's like, so, so uh, Jason Sudeikis shows up in England, like, you know, uh, the, sh- the ship that brought Dracula over from R- Romania. <laughs> and like, uh, like every piece of writing on the show is these like folksy pop culture reference based aphorisms and sort of uh, platitudes that he spouts. It's just like he's a he's a walking like kitten hang like the poster with a kitten hanging that says like, you know, hang in there, buddy. He's just a human version of that. And. For a show that's supposed to be funny, he he's like the anti Kenny Powers, you know. And I, I, I know <laughs> yeah, Jason Sudeikis yeah, was on Eastbound Power. and Down, and he was very funny on that. But I feel like this show is like an apology for how how evil the third season of Eastbound and Down was. And yeah, like so he just and and the other thing that annoyed me about this show is that if it's it's set in the world of like premier footballers who are notoriously like evil, bad behaved people, even for professional athletes, and like there's very few slags um there's no cocaine there's just there's just no bad behavior of any kind and for a comedy set in the world of professional sports it's really uh it's really demoralizing for me at least 
the worst, like the worst personal attribute we see in in a footy star is Jamie. Jamie's like the hot shot. Yeah, he's the young, he, the young striker. Yeah, and he's sort of he's sort of like an asshole. And you're like, oh, okay, are they going to do something interesting with this? And within like they can't even they can't even withstand the tension of there being a mean character for like a millisecond within like <laughs> faster than the speed of light. Like it causes a quantum rip They they cannot it, it, they write it in so quick. They're like, actually, my dad abused me. Actually, I mean, because my dad abused me. I tell you, tell us. So. <laughs> so, yeah. It's and of course, like, yeah, it just there's not nothing ever gets time to sit or cook. Any tension is immediately relieved. It cannot be allowed to be there at all. There's no disparity. There's nothing. Uh, yeah. So, so Ted comes over um, for this like phony job that he's set up to fail in. And I don't know, like when I first saw the first episode, I was like, there's no way he's going to melt the hearts of the, of the, of the, of the Richmond FC uh, faithful. There's just no way he's going to get the team on his side. But you know, it's pretty surprising that he does. Yeah, no, who could see that coming? I don't know, man. Like, it's just, uh, th- this is a show, uh, I guess that we've, like, we've, we've made fun of in passing only because, you know, like I said, being familiar with it through, through secondhand uh, exposure. But man, th- this really is, like, talk about a show for our moment. Talk about a show that's, like, I don't know, in, in, the, in, our, in the zeitgeist of, of the present moment. Man, oh, man, it is Ted Lasso, and it is super depressing. Yeah, and I say this show is anti-TV because I know, I know, I know TV's bad, right? That's the point of it. The greatest TV show ever, arguably Deadwood, was so good it could not be allowed to survive on TV. (laughs) But I actually, I think Ted Lasso is anti-TV because the point, the difference between TV and movies, right, is that with a movie, you, you want it to be resolved. You want it to end. Even in a movie you love, you ultimately want it to come to a close and get you know, even if all the loose ends aren't tied up, some sense of closure. TV, this, one of the things that supposedly makes it bad is that you you kind of want it to keep going forever. And so these these problems or these open threads are kept open forever. Like, Stabler and Benson are now 130 years old. And they're still doing a will-they-won't-they. They They still look amazing. They still look amazing, by the way. I would, I would, I would, I would be their futon. They ask like, <laughs> that's like that's one of the reasons tv's bad but this sh- this doesn't have that because there there is no tension there is no problem even the problem of like oh the team's sort of bad at soccer you know because ted lasso's a football coach that's not even really a problem because like they'll lose games and be like oh we don't care because we all like learn to be positive with our teammates there was one point in the first season where like his assistant coach uh, beard like sort of actually gets angry at him because like for the whole first season when he's talking to the media and like to his to, in the locker room and stuff, he's like, he's like, look, listen, I don't, I don't, I don't judge success by wins and losses. Is there, there are things more important than winning? And it's like, not at the professional level. These they're not in high school anymore. The, the role of a coach is not to like mold young men into into, into, yeah, into these into are great, millionaires. <laughs> these are yeah. yeah, these are multi-million dollar professional athletes. Like they don't like so like the idea that he, that they're, he's they're going to get cheered up by some fucking hayseed from Kansas telling them about like the peanut butter he likes eating out of the jar with his finger. Ugh. But Ugh. they, they do. They, they, they do. Yep. They do. They love it. They can't get enough. Yeah. 
I, none of them ask why the hell does he sound like that if he's from Kansas? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has he, like a so like pseudo southern accent. Yeah, it's like he without with the with the smile and and the and the fake charm and the obviously fake accent. It would be so hilarious if it was a slow reveal that oh yeah he's actually a con artist who like stole someone's identity and <laughs> yeah yeah, was, yeah that would be a show and like I mean like there, there's and the fact that the show is set in the UK and like all the actors are British except for like Sudeikis and his assistant coach is like just it really must be like there, there's so much good British television and comedy series wrung out of like a completely unself-aware lunatic who is a, like a social atrocity to everyone around him. And that like, that could have been so fruitful with this concept of like, like you said, Matt, imagining him as a con man who just like, <laughs> like worked his way into athletics and is just like stealing money by, and then like getting into people's uh, getting past their defenses by his like saying like, what do you say? Oh, what, 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 tell him what the first rule of my fight club is. There's no fight club. You know, just yeah. like, it's just all his, like, his, all the, the aphorisms and just his pop culture references. And, like, he, like, it, it, Felix, you're totally right. He constantly talks about how he's not on the internet or whatever, but, like, he talks like someone who's only on the internet. Yeah. He, he, like, he talks like he, you know, in the horrible game Cyberpunk, you could get little bio mods and operating systems in your brain. He seems like um, he selected one that was like, you know, uh, uh, Gawker writer. He got, <laughs> he got that OS installed and he just he knows all I fucking everything. He knows what happened in every fucking BuzzFeed uh, holiday party and everything. It, but I, I, what, going back to like um, how this could be interesting, like the clash between him and the innate sourness of British people, the social faux pas. That there's no potential for that because every character, including Ted, is so fucking pliant. This is a, a trend I've noticed in like horrible TV. I noticed it in Council of Dads. I noticed it in This Is Us. This is a hallmark of like this type of like Council of Dads. Yeah. Well, it's, it's all the same shit. It's all I the same shit. <laughs> it's all the same shit. It's all the same type of thing. All the same type of like just saccharine bullshit where uh, it, it all has the same message to the viewer, which is like, fuck it, you know, stop complaining, you piece of shit. Be positive. The one commonality between all these things, the most important thing is every character is so fucking pliant. No one resists. You know, if they're, if they're a, you know, piece of shit, angry Brit whose dad beat them, one second of Ted telling them, well, you know, uh, feelings are like a fire hydrant. Some you know most of the time there's a screw in them for a reason, but on a hot summer day you gotta <laughs> fucking let it go. Um, everyone just immediately complies. Everyone is ready to tell someone they've known for two seconds the worst thing that ever fucking happened to them. There, everyone just rolls over on their belly. Everyone just exposes their neuter scars to each other. It is. It, it, it's like. It's like a vision for the world by just the most evil TV creators ever. And, and yeah, Felix, like that, that to me is what it is like very sinister about this show is that the message is that like America is like we're going to stay in charge of the world. And in fact, we're going to reconquer huge swaths of it. But we're going to reconquer it by making everyone uh, compliant and nice and like uh, and therapy and like sort of a therapy brain. That you know, like that if we, that we are now the masters of the world's trauma, and if we share that trauma that we've caused, then we can like reconquer the world. Right. That, you that, should be. You should right. You should be like the players and just tell everyone every just 
dump it. Just dump it all. Tell, you know, one time, it, you know, actually, uh, sometime, sometimes I can be uh, standoffish because one time at summer camp, they uh, they started a rumor that I jacked off in a sleeping bag. And they called me, <laughs> they called me marinating Melbourne. Now, <laughs> now, you know, I'm telling you that for the first time. And now I feel better and you feel better. Uh, you should, you should. You should be like that. And you should also you should also be like Ted. You should also be like Ted. Someone can someone can just, you know, can just come over and just bash you on the side of the head with a blackjack and uh just like uh butterfly your liver. Not even take it out of your body, just ruin it for you. They they'll <laughs> turn your eyes inside out. Uh make your body look as close as it can to like Daffy Duck in the uh when they (laughs) (laughs) screwball flag on the tail all that shit just go crazy with your body and you'll go well i guess i got a makeover for free (laughs) just accept Uh, anything that will ever happen to you you know i mean like with a smile skip skip to your next destination i mean like for a show that um is all about being in touch with your emotions the one emotion that no one seems really want to touch is anger which is what I was wondering a lot watching the show is like, when is like, I think Ted gets angry one time kind of at Jamie for, he does the Alan Iverson practice thing to him. I don't, I don't know if that, that's, but that, that's, con- that's contrived. That's yeah. contrived. Like he, he will fake get mad with Jamie to like sort of replicate a father figure or other times to like draw the team's ire away from Jamie. So they'll be mad at him. The only time he kind of gets mad is when, um, his wife, his wife's like lawyer emails him and is like, good news, Ted, uh, your wife is never going to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, oh, he takes Nate, it out on Nate. Yeah. The, yeah, the, Nate, the, the kit keeper. Nate is the kit keeper on the team on Milford. And he's, the, uh, he's their compliant colonial subject who they make. Yeah. Coach. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> he's a compliant colonial subject who, um, you know, Ted solicits his his advice for running the team, basically, for what plays they should make. And it's always super nice to Nate. He's the only guy who's ever been nice to Nate. But Nate has the misfortune of knocking on his door for some play suggestions after Ted's wife's lawyer emailed him at 2 a.m., you know, going, uh, hey, Ted, by the way, your wife said that she's never been sexually attracted to you. Uh, you know, that that type of stuff. And he's like, go away, Nate. It's so unbelievable. It's so not believable. It's so like, it's so false seeming that you wonder how did Olivia Wilde ever try to kill Ted Lasso? (laughs) You know, he doesn't have a malicious motive in his body. He must be really mean to try to murder Ted Lasso in his own home. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that that is the thing about Ted Lasso. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, fellas, I might, I'm about to get me some Oakley shades and start recording front facing videos, sharing my right wing political beliefs. Why? Because my wife left me. Yeah, I, I hey, well, Harry Styles is challenging gender norms, but he uh, ain't challenging the norm of my relationship with <laughs> Olivia Wilde, who tried to kill me with her car. I mean, do do you read uh, like the the, uh, the the rather loud advertisement for positive masculinity in this show embodied by Jason Sudeikis. And in, in the article, I just read about how he made the character less belligerent because he didn't want to contribute to like the negativity in the world caused by Trump. He said, I want to write the change that I believe in in the world. 
do we see this as all like a canny PR uh, effort by him to like in his current divorce proceedings with Olivia Wilde? I mean, I know this show started I mean, before. He is definitely. I, I, in, I, I read into it. He's definitely in a a war of positions with Olivia Wilde. That's for yeah. sure. I mean, there is the story about him serving her with papers at like a a Comic Con type deal on yeah. stage. <laughs> 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 Ted, Ted Lasso, you've made your greatest play yet. <laughs> That's the he's going chaos mode, like in their big oh the big match God. against Man City. Yeah, the story about him lying down in front of her car to stop her from going into fucking Carrie Styles. Uh, someone is someone. By the way, is an E one listener. Jason Sudeikis, in real life, doing the E one technique, the Omega male. <laughs> what is, you know what you know what what is what is more empowering than making your wife almost kill you awesome i don't i, I don't know i don't know if he's thinking that far ahead i think you know like all actors all actors are so like just fucking you know nothing mm-hmm. that i i think he legitimately thinks that i think he's like i uh he probably saw a, like a now this video that was like, you know, this woman voted for the first time in her life and then she died and she had to see Trump become president. Like, I can fix this. I can fix this. I'm going to do a show about therapy. I think he really thinks that. I don't think he's thinking tactically. <laughs> he saw a now they saw a now this now this video. Uh, boy masturbates in <laughs> masturbates in sleeping bag at summer camp is tagged with interesting nickname. Twenty years later, he killed himself and twelve others. Boy eleven uh, cuckolded by Harry Styles. His teacher was going to sleep with him, and Harry Styles came in wearing uh, jeans that had not been seen since the nineteen eighty seven uh, Cedar Rapids Women's Book Club. Harry Styles wearing the biggest jeans ever with butterflies and flowers on them, destroying gender norms, then getting knocked down by gender norms. Harry Styles getting choked unconscious by gender norms, walking in at a 2007 billowy maternity top, billowing. Everyone sees his shitty tattoos. He walks in, walks up to Olivia Wilde and says, my favorite thing of acting in a movie is that I'll realize I'll be in the DVD. She goes, I want you. I don't want Ted Lasso anymore. Uh, well, uh, we've talked a lot about Ted Lasso, but he's not the only character on this show. There's his, uh, there's the top bird, his boss, uh, Rebecca. Rebecca, she's, she's, uh, she's uh, I don't know. How, how would you describe Rebecca on this show? She's like the other main character. One of the main characters is like, you know, she's, she's the sort of set up as the, the bitch ex-wife who wants the team to fail, but you know, slowly, you know, she is won over by Ted Lasso's is basically succumbs without consent to his relentless positivity. I mean, I wouldn't even say slowly. It, it, you know, the the idea of like, um, okay, she wants the team to fail. He wants the team to be a team, you know, really be a team of friends and succeed in their own way. Could be like an interesting tension, maybe, if I'm going to really force myself to be objective here. But they, they can't keep it up for even like five episodes after like five episodes she's like she tells ted the entire thing she's like oh ted actually i want i've hired you to fail uh because i wanted to get back at my ex-husband and i'm sorry and i'm never gonna fire you now and uh i've completely given up on that plan they they they, they do the same thing with her characterization you know she's supposed to be like the brassy boss lady they do this awful thing where she spends a day with her friend's daughter uh, who's like a 13 year old and 
they do this thing in every form of media now, wherever they write a young person, they're like, what do young people like profanity? But they like doing it in the most complicated way possible. There was in one of the newer Resident Evil uh, games, they had a character like this, and her defining line is she says to a, a one of the monsters, sit on a dildo, boss. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, they write every young person like this now, where it's like they, they don't say any slurs. They just go, you're a piss-swallowing fuckatron. You know, they talk like <laughs> Chuck Wendig. And they do this other thing where whenever women are empowering each other, they can't just be like, yeah, good, you know, show him. <laughs> they, they either go, you're a boss bitch ass super monster cunt you're a super you're a super big bitch monster they they talk like the they talk like the comedians who come on joe rogan a lot describing each other's sets uh they do this awful scene there um but they immediately like they every character that has known her forever like roy kent's love interest or her the the little kid's friend or mom uh, her friend, they're like, oh, she seems mean, but actually she's really nice and she has a great voice and she can sing. And they show that in like the third episode. They're all, they, they like every bit of tension in the show, they immediately release. Yeah. They're not comfortable with it. I mean that that's like, yes, this show is part of, uh, of a, of a totalizing vision of like HR departments taking over the world. And that is a story of all personal conflict, all, prejudice bias uh, uh character flaws just melting uh under the sauron gaze of american positivity and this show really is interesting to look at in the context of the rest of apple plus's output because apple plus is definitely the most baffling of the streaming services because it's a fucking phone that decided to make shows <laughs> Which, I mean, it's, it doesn't have quite the same intuitive you know relationship between uh content and, and uh content creator that other ones do uh and so you're like well okay what does a phone what does a phone want what is a phone's vision of the world and there is a, a kind of a a a recognizable through line in the apple put output it's a lot of science fiction for one thing way more than mm. other networks uh, which yeah, makes right. sense, you know, yeah. the fucking iPhone created our idea of like what the future is supposed to look like in the 21st century. Uh, some of it is dystopian, but a lot of it is just uh, positive. Like they have that one uh, for all mankind, which is alternative history. If we didn't end the space race with the Soviets because they got to the moon first. And so there's a bunch more. Uh, so like there's cell phones in the 80s, that kind of thing. And so we get to have this fantasy retro futurism. There's another one called like a better tomorrow or beautiful tomorrow or something. That's just like, what if we had fully automated uh, luxury space communism in the 50s? And like, there's a bunch of people selling timeshares on the moon. And then there's another shrink show with Harrison Ford called Shrinking about from the producers like, not of just Ted therapy Lasso. talk, like literal therapists all talking to themselves and to each other. Like, and, and then you've got Ted Lasso. Like, and let's not forget the silo. And there's something wrong with that silo. I'm telling you guys now. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I don't. I don't like the. I don't have a good feeling about that silo. I'm not watching the show, but if anyone is, you can let me know when I'm vindicated and that, that there's something off with that silo. So like, um, the phone is the the app, Apple presentation is of this like this smiley happy future where everybody uh, resolves their interpersonal promise problems by confessing their traumas 
And if they don't, they get to go in the silo. If you're not willing to do that, <laughs> then get in the fucking silo. <laughs> yeah, that that uh. that's the that's the dystopian uh, twist revealed in the silo is the silo is where all the toxic people were sent to live somewhere yep. in the mid 21st century. The under people the, who just yeah. couldn't get, uh, under, get under the, the people rain. who d- were not charmed by Ted Lasso. Yeah. The people oh who told God, him to yeah. fuck off. It'll be like the new version of that Mongolian capital punishment that they used to do, where they would just put you in a box until you starve to death. <laughs> uh, uh, let's talk about um, the other most annoying show. Um, sorry, the other most annoying character on this show. I don't know if you guys will agree with me, but it's got to be the top slag Keeley, played by Juno Temple. Who's like she's the she's the wag of Jamie, the sort of hot shit asshole footballer. But then she starts like doing PR for the the team, and she then she starts dating Roy, who's like uh, the sort of veteran, uh, the veteran uh, the leader of the team. I really but, hate this character because he looks like me if I was forced through a TV diet. <laughs> if uh, if I went into you know the the the. Uh, you know, Promethe- the weird Prometheus spaceship that Apple TV is run from. And they're like, we got to get you on TV, but we get, we're going to make your face less weird. We're going to, we're going to narrow it a bit. When that show came out, there were people convinced that he was a CGI character. Roy, that the guy who plays Roy, that like his face doesn't look like it's human. It's like, it's kind of flat and pixely. And I, I, I definitely get that when I first There's watched a, it, he's just yeah. smooth in a weird way. It's unnerving. Yeah. Have you ever, Matt, you've seen a picture of uh, Kill a Keemstar, yeah? Uh, n- no, let me take a look. Well, like the, uh, the guy who ran over a dog on New Year's Day. No, that was Christmas Eve. Okay. And you're making it sound like he did it on purpose. It was a horrible accident. It was a horrible okay. accident. Oh, right. The guy with yeah. the beer. Yeah, yes. Mr. Drama. The guy who looks like a Sumerian uh, ziggurat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yes. yeah, he's the real star god of a cod, uh, <laughs> and a co-star of the greatest video of all time. Everyone knows the one. Oh yes, um, I know that one. I've always thought his beard has like a very digital quality to it. Yes, like it's the same thing. Like it's very well kept up. It's incredibly symmetrical. I could never do that. It's he does a great job with it, but it look it's so symmetrical and smooth. It looks fake, and Roy Kent looks the same way. Yeah, it's unnerving. That so Keely, uh, I watched, I, I sampled later episodes, and I got even into the third season, and so uh, I, I got to one episode where. Uh, her old boyfriend and Roy both say they love her back to back at a funeral. Uh, and then in the third season, though, she's in a, a lesbian relationship and has her nudes leaked from a previous relationship, which led is what lead, led to that viral uh, clip where all the lads in the locker room talk about how much they respect women. Hey, listen, I- I'm with Jamie on this one. You know, whenever I have a relationship and I ask the girl to go through my phone, delete any photos, videos, whatever she wants. Bro, for real? Yeah, yeah, I'm being serious. I, you know, one girl actually deleted Candy Crush. I, I was devastated. But I also understood. Hey, hold up. Once someone sends you a photo, don't you own it? Mm, copyright law and private photography is quite murky. It's not about the law. It's about doing what is right. Like in Les Miserables. Oh, <laughs> the locker room oh, talk. God, it's God. it's changed since you and I grew up. It's good, yeah. it's it's good now. Yeah. So like, uh, uh, this brings up the question of like, one of the things that I was most perplexed about, like when I was in the secondhand exposure to this show, was like uh, all of the stuff about eating pussy. And like, here here here's here's the tweet that kicked off the Ted Lasso oral sex uh, discourse. 
I think you're not ready to admit that what really bugs you about Ted Lasso is that men go down on women before satisfying their own needs. You hate that women tell men what they want sexually and get it. You feel threatened by confident women. Uh, Wait, there's a bunch say, of box eating in this show. I missed that. Uh, there, there was there was like a reference to oral sex early on where uh, Keely sort of like points his down boy and like points down at Jamie. And then he sort of like, you know, does the oh, all right, Karen from Goodfellas move on her. Mm, OK, but I mean, I was hoping there'd be a scene where Ted Lasso was eating pussy with his big. I do would like to see it. I'd like to see that technique. cookie duster. Yeah, I think that's kind of like, um, you know, Goku going Super Saiyan three. <laughs> They've got to tease it out for a bunch of seasons. There's going to be a bunch of episodes where every time they cut back to Ted, he's getting ready to eat pussy. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know he's just the best at it. He's, he's, he's amazing at it. And also, just everybody, if you don't eat pussy, guess what? You're going in the silo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like there, there's there's a there's a, a plot line in the uh, the first season, like I said, where uh, Keely is basically like a, a wag for two of the of the football stars, Jamie, who gets traded, and then uh, Joe uh, Roy Kent, who like retires or whatever. But there's this whole there's this whole like dialogue where like Ted Ted Lasso and his boys, who become like the relationship advice council, start like counseling him on like how he how he shouldn't care about her past sexual history. That was that was a good that was a good lesson I think uh for for wags and footballers alike you know he's like hey you're an adult you have a sexual history she has a sexual history G- get over it and then he's like grow up and then he's like you're right Ted okay, Lasso I will Thank yeah <laughs> that that see like you said Felix that issue that was potentially could have been I don't know humor or insight mine from resolved instantly he's like oh thanks for that I don't I don't care anymore that 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 I'm currently in love with the guy, the woman who had sex with the guy I hated like twelve hours ago. God forbid any tension. Let's just get rid of that immediately. It just makes TV worse when there's tension or conflict. Um, another another element of the first season that I very much enjoyed was the fact that Ted bakes cookies for her for his boss Rebecca every single day. And it's like it's like a it's a theme throughout the show. He's like biscuits with the boss, biscuits with the boss, and like he like just keeps showing up in her office every morning with homemade cookies. And like that's what one of the things that sort of melts her heart. It yeah, was, it's, it's revealed as like a uh, uh, like he shows up with these cookies and then you find out, oh, yeah, he's baking those. He's not buying them. And that's supposed to be like, oh, that Ted Lasso and not just the biggest red fucking flag that's ever been flailed. Like, oh, this guy needs to be on a watch list. Yeah, that is probably like a detail in every workplace shooter that's mm-hmm. ever, ever existed. He baked he baked coffees for the office every Monday. <laughs> one day up and then one day he shows up without coffee. Yeah. If you if you ever if you ever killed like twelve people and wrote a manifesto that's like, um, I'm sad I'm doing this because I'm not gonna be able to see this the hangover three after I kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you did that before. Ted Lasso writing a letter to Gianna Michaels before coming into work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. What, what are some other characters around this show? There's um, there's Higgins, who's like the head of football operations, who's just sort of like the doormat for Rebecca. He's just a, like, just another nice character. There's uh, oh. I like when they introduce the Mexican guy whose only characteristic is just going, I love life. I love football. Football is life. And like, that's it. He just goes around singing like, what's it? Uh, Danny, Danny Roja. And he just runs on the field going, Danny Roja, Danny Roja. I love football. 
Again, really, uh, really cool character. I enjoyed him. He, a lot. Kills, he kills a dog, a dog at one point. He kills a dog yeah. by accident. That's decent. So. But then, of course, he okay. gets over it very quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does do it on purpose, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's but... like he's taking a penalty kick, and like the team's mascot like chases a, a pigeon right in front of his ball, and then gets brained to death. I mean, probably the funniest moment on the entire show, at least of what I've seen so far. That's the other thing. It's like people like this show was so well reviewed and so popular, and like, is this? Like, is this show a comedy? Because, like, there are, if it is, like, precious few laugh lines for me. I don't know about you. It is. It is. But comedy means, like, a different thing now. Yes. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you laugh at it. It's not like, you're like, oh, that's good. Yeah. It's not like, well, no, no. It's not like 30 Rock where it's like, oh, my God, there's just so many great jokes per minute or something like that. Or, um, no comedy is even, or even like a good. comedy a comedy in the way the sopranos is where it's like you know there aren't so many laugh out loud moments but you're like wow that's a really funny characterization or what a funny moment or you know just no. cosmically funny it's more well, comedy now means like oh i'm not gonna feel tense or bad while watching yeah. it yeah comedy yeah. just means relaxing now and also also nutritious yeah, like I'm, I'm watching this, and through watching it, I am an exposure to its its message and positivity. I am gaining that. I am becoming Ted Lasso, and then I get to carry that lasso with this with me into the world. I mean, like there was a you know for a while, all shows, all all content had to be political because there was a belief that we're going to just by conveying the world and conveying what's wrong with it, uh, and 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 analyzing that it's going to motivate people to change it well that did not happen but now since we're not going to change anything about the structures of the world we can change ourselves by exposure to content like ted lasso that will allow us to deal with the horrors of the world uh more uh more constructively because we'll know you know what everybody's hurting and if you just share your hurt with others they'll share your theirs with you and then everybody will be uh if not in a better position uh materially uh, emotionally more centered. I mean, that is a fascinating thing about this show is like what you're saying is that like at some point, you know, probably due to the election of Donald Trump, it, it's like, and, and the fact that this show is set in the UK is also, I said, so disturbing to me because like, you know, the British sense of humor is people at their worst. Yeah. And like traditionally to yeah. me, that's what I think is funny about the human condition. Like that to me is what comedic situations come from is people at their absolute worst. But now it's like, a like people at their worst that's bad so uh, the humor is supposed to be something that makes you feel good and i guess i'm disturbed by that that's what i find sinister about this show is because i think like without the sort of pressure valve release of being able to laugh at everything that's really horrible or even recognize it we will become sort of i don't know the opposite of what this show is intending i think we'll become sort of emotional eunuchs or something mm-hmm. uh what are some other uh, uh fun moments from this show i made it about like a little bit into the second season, but apparently the show now uh, has there's sort of a backlash against it. Like, do you have any idea why fans has the show gotten uh, too edgy in the third season or what? <laughs> I haven't seen any of the third season. Um, are there any? Uh, are there any like big changes? Like, does Ted Ted maybe like has a racial awakening or something? Is something we don't <laughs> I know. I know. They, uh, I don't. Episodes. I don't celebrate. I don't celebrate Christmas anymore. It's a Jewish holiday. <laughs> you don't see no. You don't see no dang menorah in my office. The episodes I know are getting longer. They're getting. It, it started off as like a half hour show, and now they're like fifty minutes. So <laughs> that might be part of what people are sick of. I don't know. 
I mean, I, someone, I, I watched the second to last. I, I watched this. I think the second to last episode that's been aired, which is like episode eight of the third season, which, which is the one with has the, the leaked nudes uh, and the and the locker room convo. And it seemed very similar, but just I, I think I was already after only watching a handful of episodes and watching this episode, which again is like forty five minutes long, just feeling uh, like I was staring into uh, the fucking Chernobyl reactor. Uh, I can't imagine, even for people who liked it, I I got to imagine that at this point, having watched all of the previous episodes, you know, it, the particles are starting to build up in your bone marrow and making you a little nauseous <laughs> Matt. i uh matt someone told me that um one of the more recent episodes is 70 minutes long <laughs> yeah oh w- which you know i don't even understand how that happens you know i if i was writing this show i don't even know how i'd make the episodes last longer than 20 minutes yeah because again there's just no fucking conflict i think it's the same thing as you know the classic problem of eternity or the problem of heaven Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know, if you right, let, let's say you watch forty episodes of this. Even if you like it, it's so just <laughs> flat. Like, there's no real difference between any of the episodes. And if you're making it all the way to you know season three or four, where the episodes are seventy minutes long, you would, I mean, you would have to be on a fucking cocktail of all cocktails to mm-hmm. uh, n- not have that get to you. That's what I mean about like there is a very sadistic element to the show, which is just like how relentlessly it punishes you with its niceness. And like, I, I, I watched the first season with Catherine and I just kept like turning to her. Like when Ted says something like so cloying and saccharine, I would just turn to her and go, I don't feel so good. <laughs> My tummy hurts. I think I threw up. I'm going to throw up. Ow. <laughs> uh, uh, do you guys have any other uh, like like standout moments or, or scenes that stick out in your mind from this show? Well, there's the there's the dart scene from the first season, which was one of the first big viral moments the show had. Where oh uh, right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to he has to show out for the uh, the his boss and like like sort of one up her evil ex husband with a game of darts. Yeah, and he reveals through this monologue that. Uh, oh, you didn't think Ted Lasso was good at darts? Ah, well, Ted Lasso played with darts every day at the bar with his dad until he was t- died, which you find out later or before that he killed himself. And then, of course, there's a scene where it's just him and a therapist talking about the death of his father, which, you know, that's not what I tend to enjoy in a comedy series is, you know, the... the, the <laughs> the mundane uh, uh, mental health maintenance that people have to go through to just function. I'd rather watch them kind of bump against one another instead of just resolving everything. But some people really get off on it. There's a way to make that type of thing funny there. There, you know, like, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the comeback, the Lisa. Oh, it's a great show. That great, is a show. great show, great so show, funny. tons, tons, very ahead of its time in like funny wellness culture and even therapy talk stuff. You know, years ahead of its time. That's a way to incorporate that stuff and make it funny. The the Sopranos, yeah. You know, look, we all know Tony Sopranos a socialist. You know, that's the main <laughs> comedic element of that show. Yeah, but secondary therapy scenes are funny. There's a way to you know take humor out of there. But not if you think that therapy is like just this be all and end all towards 
becoming a good person. Yeah. That just, it just, you know, Hey, we look, we had our laughs out there when Ted Lasso was telling people, well, princess bride, heck of a movie. But now that he's in therapy, <laughs> laughs are over. There's a scene in this where the whole team watches the iron giant and cries during it. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of this fucking bullshit. I fucking hate this shit. My entire life. Like, this is something I've experienced my entire life. Just, um, I, I remember going to camp and all, like, the most, like, you know, masturbating in the sleeping bag. Masturbating the sleeping bag, being made fun of, my formative trauma made me mean. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, like, just the most, like, like, the, Kids who are a few years older than me, you know, like the spitting everywhere, like most homophobic, like edgy kids, like they, they would, you know, you'd get to know them. They'd be like, I cried during Iron Giant. <laughs> Shrek, Shrek, Shrek's actually really important to me. Finding, finding Nemo, finding Nemo's, yeah, I really, finding Nemo's actually really good because I have a younger sister. <laughs> that just it's been like the number one move for emotionally stunted dumbass americans is they'll uh, take a literal children's movie and be like actually there's really good stuff there's really good stuff in there for adults and kids in the uh in the dart scene uh ted's monologue is sort of like all the people that bullied me growing up they just weren't curious and like my whole life i've been curious <laughs> and like the people who discount me they never asked any questions like do you know how to play darts? Are you actually a dart expert? And like, I've been proving them wrong ever since then. You know, th like watching this show, it, I, I kept thinking about uh, Mel Brooks's famous line that uh, uh, tragedy is when I cut myself shaving. Comedy is when I walk into an open manhole cover and die. Ted yeah. Lasso sort of, sort of like re sort of remixes that for the 21st century. And the, the answer is comedy. Tragedy isn't when you cut yourself shaving. It's actually comedy when, Hey, I know there's a little blood on your face. Don't be mad. We all came into this world with a little blood on our face. I'll tell you what, take a little square of toilet paper, stick it on your face. You got toilet face. But hey, actually, it's stopping blood from going on your face. Everything's good now. It's all over. And tragedy is when the Proud Boys stormed the Capitol and end our democracy. <laughs> I think you could write this show. That was pretty good. Uh, what about what about Ted's relationship with his his ex-wife? Because like uh, his, his ex-wife and because like here's the weird thing like the show. I, I mean, I haven't watched enough of it yet to know if it really like delves into it. But like Ted Lasso has no business taking this job because, as I said, like the most shocking thing to me about the first episode is the reveal that he's an American football coach who literally doesn't know the rules of soccer or like how to play it. So the idea that he would say yes to this job is something an insane person would do. But then it's like kind of revealed that he said yes to it to like flee his failing marriage and like guilt. over. I mean, I don't know, but it's like it's never fully fleshed out because like, I mean, he's like left the country and like left his kid that he supposedly like does everything for and who mails him like army men and stupid arts and crafts that he made for him. And he's like, oh, here's my homemade kazoo. Can't have that. It's only one it's for kids. And he's get, he's giving all his players little plastic army men to inspire them and shit. But like, he's doing this while his family's falling apart. And like, it's sort of implied that like, he's was crazy enough to take this job because he was like, his marriage was failing. Like, is this fleshed out in, in, in yeah, other episodes? I will. I will. I think the, I, I think like you interpreted it as well. Like th that's sort of how it appears, but I think the way it's intended is like, um, 
they uh, somewhere in the first three episodes they ask him like why he's doing this basically and he's like my wife needed some space so it's not that he's like fleeing from his failing marriage it's like oh i'm he's such a good guy that he's giving his wife space and in that time the wife has realized that she doesn't love him anymore and it's like it's them trying to create like this uh this big thing in his life his divorce the destruction of his family and everything uh, without there really being any villains. Because when she's like, I don't love you anymore, Ted reacts like, I don't know, like uh, Roy Kent told him he he's injured for that one game. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. You know, maybe you'll love someone else. In I'm going to go se- yeah. find someone else. In the third season, the wife, the ex-wife, and her new boyfriend and the son come and visit uh, Ted Lasso before leaving the kid so that the couple can go to Paris and Ted Lasso gets frickin' triggered because he thinks they're going to uh, get, they're going to, he's going to propose to his ex-wife there. And he's like, ah, darn, the concert, they're going to get married. Ah, <laughs> uh, I think Rebecca's like, Hey, you know, she's your ex-wife. Move on. Stop caring. And he's like, cha heck, you're right. <laughs> another, another dilemma put to bed. Yeah, but that the, was a uh, horrifying twenty seconds where there was some tension in the air. The, it's uh, it's funny that you you point to the inherent absurdity of the premise. It must be stressed that this show started off as commercials. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. The Ted would... Lasso character was from commercials, and it was a joke. What if an American hick football coach had to coach a foot a soccer team when he didn't know anything about it? And then they decided to make it a show. And yeah, instead of like, oh, what about a funny culture clash between some cracker, you know, uh, asshole uh, and uh, people with a different sport? They're like, oh, no, that will make January 6th happen. So, uh, <laughs> by the way, January 6th happened anyway. So uh, swing and a miss here with Ted Lasso trying to prevent it, which is apparently what they were like. They were seeing through time and they saw January 6th and they're like, oh, we got to prevent that somehow. We'll make Ted Lasso nice instead of being an asshole. The real Ted Lasso would have been leading people yes, into the Capitol. Absolutely. And that's what, Ted, that would be Ted that Lasso, would be that would be such a funny show to yeah. show the, the true evil lurking beneath like American positivity. I mean, you know what? We haven't really talked about it, but doing a show about co- collegiate football coaches as a full oh, positivity. Yeah. Oh my god, you <laughs> might as well you might as well do it about fucking, you know, SS officers. <laughs> Yes. They're the same. They're the, the same thing. The, they're the psychopaths. Life, the real they life are Ted entirely L- psychotic. Yeah, the real Ted Lasso is in the Senate. His name is Tommy Tuberville. He gets up there every day. <laughs> yep. And he, he's fucking, like, you know, uh, okay. Imagine Ted Lasso being like, you know, some people call them white nationalists. I just call them Americans. Yeah. yeah. As Tommy uh, Tuberville just said, yeah, they're Urban Meyer, the longtime college coach he, he coached the uh the jaguars for one season and he it did like started not going well and he just decided to spend his time to- mentally torturing every player yeah oh my god a tv show about urban meyer's one season in the nfl yeah. would be fucking hilarious the just photos like, that oh, came out well, of him like this isn't going too well i'm going to make everyone else pay for it <laughs> And then, like, and then was like getting shit faced with like seventeen year old girls in Jacksonville. Yep. Oh, dude, mm-hmm. Ted, no, I mean, like, Ted, Ted Lasso getting like a John Morant, uh, <laughs> make him a soccer, make him a soccer player, and he does, he does like a scared straight with him, where he introduces him to one of the guys who lied about killing Bin Laden. <laughs> I would like yeah, to see. They- the, the film, the, the makers of this show should have looked at January 6th and realized, oh, no, we have it wrong. 
We responded to Trump exactly the wrong way by trying to make our television this insane HR positivity, happy talk uh, cult festival. We've driven everyone insane. We actually caused January 6th instead of preventing it. <laughs> the real Ted Lasso would like, he not only would have like commanded Ashley Babbitt to her death, you know, you know he would have been like, Ashley, Ashley, on, Ashley, Ashley, go out and get him. You're the fastest one. Charge that guy with a gun. <laughs> like 10 seconds after her death, he would have been like, she was a federal agent. Yeah, she's gonna betray all of us. <laughs> let's let's call it bomb threats to this bitch's funeral. <laughs> oh my god! Oh fuck! I've lost. Oh, I was gonna say I, 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 a TV show about John Morant playing basketball in China after he gets drummed out of the <laughs> NBA, but in a country where they'll give you the death penalty for having a gun. Dude, that, I, that, guy, uh, that guy loves guns. I think like well. That would be the real Ted Lasso because, like, the Chinese coach would, like, would teach him, like, you know, you grew up in a place called, like, Falling Windbrook or something. You know, John, you don't need to slide. <laughs> John, you never knew King Vaughn. You don't have to slide for him. Stop doing it. Stop doing Instagram lives with your gun. We're going to auction the gun to pay for uh, <laughs> the, 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 um, half centennial of the moderately prosperous society <laughs> <laughs> and that's chinese ted lasso john morant excellent great show <laughs> everyone loves it I, I mean i think it's weird that like this show is set in the world of sports and professional sports and like athletic competition and i i, I think like the sinister nature is that they're 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 they're, they're pointing the soy laser directly at one of the last bastions of toxic masculinity which is sports and our ability to uh, wed our self-esteem to competitions that we have no bearing on the outcome of. And once they take that away, I mean, yeah, what, what, what do we have left? What do we have left as men in this country? It's weird that it was sports, especially soccer, but I think it kind of had to be because you have like, um, there is this like hidden pillar of TV that no one ever talks about, but it's very important. And it's sort of like lifestyle porn. It's very rarely discussed. People talk about it a little bit with Succession about how it's like, it's something that's like, um, I think it's notable about Succession that it's like sort of tasteful wealth. Yes. And yes. Yeah. And it's like, it's amazing art direction. I will say, this is an observation my brother and sister had that I think is brilliant. Billions is a way, it's like way closer to the truth, what it's actually like. Like everyone wears quarter zips. Yeah, like the real the real billionaires in the world, like the real hedge fund manager guys who are out there, they're wearing the worst jeans you've ever seen, a fucking Rolling Stones graphic tee that looks like it's from Target but costs $7,000 and like a bracelet with a skull on it. That's what they're really wearing. <laughs> and hanging out like, with... <laughs> Hanging out with James Hatfield during his therapy sessions. Yeah, uh, I need to I need to go to Metallica to get my mind off the big trade. And... Uh, that you know, it's in both cases great art direction. But I think for a certain, like a certain type of TV, for most TV, really, there needs to be some lifestyle porn aspect that like creates like a comfortable baseline for the viewer. Just it, it's it makes a nice atmosphere for people. The Sopranos have this. The Sopranos has this in like an upper middle class sense, kind of. It, it, they bring it up as the show goes on. Um, 
with Ted Lasso, they needed like a source of wealth that no one would feel like morally complicated by. So like sports are perfect because you can have you can have this like sort of I would say Warren Dem aligned show kind of right where people have like 30 million dollars, but it's not from managing a hedge fund or being Rupert Murdoch or the mafia. It's from like, you know, talent. And it's okay because, um, you know, they only make this money for a limited amount of time and sometimes they go broke and at least they're not Bobby Axelrod. I think it had to be sports for this show because there's no other source of wealth that would have been like, you know, unicky enough. You know what I mean? Mm, Yeah. But like the wasted opportunities to do a comedy series set in the world of premier premiership football, like the level of insane corruption that goes on in like European football clubs. Cause like, A, like half of them are owned by like Saudi oil sheet. They're owned by Saudi yeah, monarchs, and so Russian like oil cousins yeah. and Russian yeah. gangsters and shit. But then like the players themselves, like they make Jara Morant and Ray Rice look like fucking Boy Scouts. Like the, the European footballers are really out of control. And just like all, all the, all the, all the salacious wags gossip, all the fucking Coke that they put in their faces. Like, I just, it's so offensive to me that this is a show about professional sports and there is no bad behavior. There is no one fucking up. There is no one messing up or, or behaving atrociously in a way that, like, is actually sort of thrilling vicariously. Look mm-hmm. at, like, you know, anyone out there, look at any picture that Cristiano Ronaldo takes with his sister. <laughs> weird. <laughs> it's a weird fucking war. It's strange stuff is going on there. Ah. Uh. The most normal player is like, you know, Marcus Rashford, and they started an MI5 investigation on him because he was like, I don't think people should, you know, I don't think people's buildings should collapse and kill them. And they're like, we were going to kill you. You fuck. We hate you. Actually, the the one funny observation and character that's in the second season is the introduction of a Dutch player who's really rude. But everyone's that was like, kind of he's just Dutch. He's just Dutch. And I thought that was like the one kind of funny moment yeah. that I watched. Yeah. God, what was they do? There is one thing. The last thing I saw before I was, I couldn't play any more Dark Souls 3 and I couldn't watch any more of the show was the episode where the Nigerian player, like he protests against Dubai Air. That's okay, that's yeah. like the one time where there was like any kind of wink and a nod towards the skeeziness of the sponsors and the economics of uh, association football in Europe. That like, you know, some of these sponsors are morally dubious, if not all of them, but they, of course, boil it down to one. It's Dubai Air and they they have the entire team join in this protest where they all put duct tape over the Dubai Air logo on their uniforms. Does that ever get is there do they extend that storyline? Uh, I don't know, but I'm imagining Ted Lasso giving the team a lecture about the Abraham Accords right now. And he's like, it's like my good friend Alan Dershowitz said. If there is grass on the field, you can still play. <laughs> the real Ted Lasso would be one of those uh, one of those uh, Christian guys who like doesn't use the word Palestinian. He hates it. He's like they're from they're from Samaria. They're 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 they're, they're the descendants of the Phil Diddley Italistanets. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna smoke them with the jawbone of an ass. they're all from jordan there's no there's no palestinian culture the mufti told hitler to do the holocaust (laughs) are you using my jawbone to smoke these jordanians because i feel like an ass right now (laughs) Uh, and 
Yeah, and uh, and also an- another another very unexplored mind of comic gold is like British football fan culture is like there's like the lads at the pub who like when when Ted Lasso you know first becomes coach everyone in Richmond calls him a wanker and they're like oi wanker 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 and then it becomes just like within uh, you're right Felix within one episode it just becomes a return of endearment they're like you played like shit out there on the pitch wanker good game though we love you you're one of us now <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Um, I know for most people, this puts them in a very calm state. Um, that's you know that's why it's <laughs> gone on so long. I would. Um, I tossed and turned all night after this. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I, I need think to watch some it, banshee. <laughs> yeah, I think they. I think fans view it as as a televisual thunder shirt. Yeah, that's really it. That that yeah. really is the success of the show. Um, it's relaxing. For a certain type of person, I won't begrudge you. Look, you probably think you you don't love it out there that I think the tales of Banshee are centering, but they are for me. And you know, if you're if you're psychotic, if you're, if you're like Travis the Chimp and you're one misdose of Xanax away from ripping someone's eyeballs out, <laughs> this is for you. Yeah, for some for for some for some people, the show just feels like getting a deep tissue massage, and for me, it feels like getting my teeth drilled one at a time by a Nazi doctor played by Lawrence Olivier. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, it's just uh, it it after having finally witnessed the show, it's it's everything I expected it to be, but so much worse. Like, yeah. like a billion times more more psychically damaging to me. And, and more like and more just condescending too, and in evil than I could, could possibly have imagined. This is the new American Empire, people. It's Ted people, Lasso. Some people were were upset at me. Uh, you know, as I was posting about watching this, which in part I get a little because it's like, um, you know, there have been so many posts about Ted Lasso and how it's bad. I get it. It's well tread territory. It is. It, you know, if you think this way, I don't think this way. If you do think this way, where you're like, I need 300 faves, you can just post about Ted Lasso. <laughs> I don't, you know, for me, it's a game of how few faves I can get. How disgusting <laughs> can I be? So I, I, you know, I take myself out of that. That criticism is not valid for me. But I do, I do get the fatigue from people posting about it. But then there are people who are like, great, well, another take about Ted Lasso for people who miss, who, who oversimplify it as a show. And it's like, what, what, what did I miss? What was the great subtle plot elements I missed? I, 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 I don't half-ass any of my TV watching. I always watch at least like 80 hours of it. And while, I caught doing, everything. while doing a walkthrough of Dark Souls 3? Oh, I've, I've beaten that game like 50 times. Yeah, yeah, no, you no, know? No, I know, I know, I know like, all the roles. No, like uh, to, to, get, to get your mind on the right frequency to like really vibe with what you're watching and sort of go into a tonic state you need to be you know like yeah you need to be in, in dark souls mode yeah but you know yeah people there are people who should know better who were like you're oversimplifying it and it's like no i think i i i gave it the respect that it deserved i i evaluated it like i would any other tv show but there are you know there are even normal people who love this <clears throat> Well, I think we should uh, leave it there for that. That was our exposure to Apple TV show Ted Lasso. Tune in next episode. We'll be diving into the silo, folks. That's <laughs> folks, right. get the, the goddamn silo. We're getting in the damn Shut the silo. Fuck up and get the silo. 
I think I would rather watch more Ted Lasso than the silo, to be honest with you. What? You don't want to know about what's wrong with the silo? The They're silo not telling us everything about the silo. The silo like, at least, just looks grim. I'm putting on the silo tonight. Like, we're not going to find out that Ted Lasso yeah, is like a secret con artist. That's not going to happen. But there are there's definitely some kind of twist that's going to happen with that silo. It's, it's not what you think. Every show like that is just lost. Every fucking show like that where there's like a crazy object or location. <laughs> oh, it turns out it turns out there's a black hole there. Uh, do you guys see that uh, Just- Justified is coming back? Yes. Yeah, yes. City Primeval. Yeah. Yes. Going to I, Detroit. I thought that you guys would be excited about it. I'm that. very excited. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, no, I, I don't knows- think, well, no Walton, though. No, boy. But hey, he's is got he Timothy, go- Timothy OnlyFans, though. Timothy okay. OnlyFans is in there. Well, okay, okay. No Boyd for now, but we thought we thought Bobby Axe was out of billiards forever. He's coming back in the middle of next season. <laughs> oh, yes. The real TV is about patience. Um, I honestly look, think that Ted Lasso could maybe get to the bottom of this. Or I'm sorry. Uh, I feel like uh, Marshall Raylan Givens could maybe get to the bottom of this silo business. <laughs> Justified, uh, he, Justified is a good, it's a good, you know, other side of the coin for Ted Lasso because they are, he's also a shit kicker who's bad at his job. Yeah. But mm-hmm. being bad at his job isn't like exculpatory. There's no, it's just, Wait. he's just shitty at it. He's just really bad at it. Okay. A culture clash, a culture clash, like police procedural about U.S. Marshal Raylan Givens having to work for, I don't know, the, the U.K.'s equivalent of the Marshal Service, and just to see how even worse he would be at his job without a gun. Like, if he can't oh, yeah, the, yeah. people to get himself out of situations, like when he loses uh, someone he's supposed to transfer to a prison or something like that. Would they, the first job they'd have him on, it would be like, you have to, you have to get the gender-critical people to kill Marcus Rashford. <laughs> That's his first job for the MI5, and he would just blow the whole thing up he would ruin it and you know uh before we before we uh sign off for today look if, if you're looking to watch a funny tv show that hasn't been played out on twitter check out this show called the good doctor he's a doctor but with <laughs> yeah. autism well just a rough time to be a tv supporter <laughs> law and order organized crime and svu still going strong is law and order organized crime any good should i watch it i enjoy it you know, it's silly. It's silly. It's silly how like um, they're always like Stabler. We need you to go undercover because he's been on TV five hundred million times during the course of SVU, like TV in universe TV. Yeah, he's always interviewed about every case, and you'd think that people would recognize him either from that or for being a cop for like seventy eight years. But no, no one does. He just shaves. He shaves a different type of goatee, and they're like. <laughs> Oh, you're a criminal. <laughs> he shaves his head down one millimeter. Like, he's like yeah. he just shaves one millimeter of hair off his already bald dome. And then he's in Russian mob mode. His baldness represents his pissed level. Like, the balder he is, the angrier he is. I'm into the uh, the Carisi years of Law & Order SVU now. That's, that's where Catherine and I are in our, in, our, in our watch through of the only good TV show ever created, Law & Order. Carisi, they I like what they do. The first episode you ever see him on, they like you're like, oh, is this like, um, is he a shitty cop? Because you know they have him talk to like a something some horrible situation, like a 14 year old girl who's like been forced to be a sex worker, 
And he's like, listen to me, you little skank. <laughs> but then they just, you know, by three no, seasons no, I, later, I, I he's like, that yeah, it was, he was actually later. being a good cop because, as he rightly put it out, a girl who's been pimped out since she was like 13 years old isn't used to responding to men who are like positive and nice to her. So he was like, all right, bitch, where's my money? And she was like, oh, I'll tell you anything. Yeah, that's true. But like uh, that, that's the rationale. But like Neo Carisi, who's now a D.A., would never do that. You would never do that. Rollins is back though. There's a she's going to be in a three episode crossover between SVU and and uh, organized crime. Still gambling? Maybe, maybe. Right. I don't know. She was wearing a hospital gown when we saw her. <laughs> Another kid? I don't know. Yeah, All right. Well, uh, uh, that's enough law and order. This is Ted Lasso show. Ted Lasso, uh, yeah. Ted, Ted Lasso, good show for good people. It'll make you feel good when you watch it, and it'll make you a better person. It, yes. It's just like, look, is it funny? No. But is it, is, it, is, it, is it wholesome? Yes. And if you like, and if you take seriously, not the, um, I won't say jokes, but if you take seriously the lessons, chances are you could get a bird to slob your knob. Yeah. And that's what really matters. All right, gang. Till next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.